The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Big sales! Friday afternoon, welcome aboard. Thank you guys so much for coming aboard one of the fastest growing shows in sports on YouTube here on Jacob Sports. It means a ton to all of us. Ever since we jumped aboard here, you guys have made this bad puppy just absolutely grow, and we appreciate it so much. Man, there is a ton of stuff. By the way, one of my favorite people that I have met in broadcasting is going to join the show. Philly 500 is going to join us at 4.30 Eastern time, and we'll get his thoughts. By the way, he was one of the very few guys to jump out in B. John Robinson's uh, bandwagon right away and said, that guy might be the guy that this football team needs to have on it. And so you know what? After yesterday's show and after listening to some of the pro scouts, Got to tell you, man, he might be right. So he'll be with us at 4.30. Before we get into all the moves that the Eagles made today and some comments that are going around with Lamar Jackson, it's crazy how the media takes these stories and lies. You know, I know Lamar Jackson's folks. Stop it. You're making the guy look like an idiot, and he's not. But before we get there, So it looks like the National Football League is going to allow, and I'm going to call it the Philly Scrum. I'm going to name it the Philly Scrum because why? The Philly Scrum is the most, or one of the most successful plays that they have in their playbook. You know, I think the National Football League doesn't like the fact that the Eagles Scrum is so successful in Philadelphia because why? They don't like one team having an advantage over another team. Well, when you pay three guys in your own line north of $15 million, you're going to have a Philly scrum be successful and with a quarterback with the type of leg power that Jalen Hurts has. No team in the league has that kind of ability to run that play to that type of success other than the Eagles. Nobody does. Yet they want to try to ban it. Whatever. You know the funny thing about that thing is? So that's, do we agree, the Philly scrum? It's a football play. But you know one play that they never, ever legislate against or ever bitch about? And it's the most useless play in pro football. What is it? It's the extra point. The extra point is the most useless play in pro football history. 
but it's the number one play that makes all the money. Do you know the extra point makes more money than a Jalen Hurts 80-yard touchdown pass? Do you know why? After every extra point, you go to commercial break. That's how they slice up the TV show for you. Extra points. Commercial break. Extra points. Commercial break. Why do you think the NFL wants... Man, I hate to pull the onion back on you guys here. Why do you think they want higher scoring? More commercial breaks? They hate... They hate 17-14 games for a reason. Not many commercial breaks. Okay? All the commercial breaks, extra point. Dude, just give the guy seven points when he scores a touchdown. NFL, that's the number one. Do you know that's the number one money-making play in the NFL? That play, the extra point. And it's the most useless play. It's not even a football play. But they want to bitch about the Philly scrum, which is actually a football play. Well, I don't know if this gives a team an unfair advantage. What about that dumbass extra point? It means nothing. It's not even a football play. Kickers aren't football players. Okay? Dude, you're not a football player. If you can wear the same track shoes to dinner and nobody else wears a size six, you're not a football player. Kickers are not football players. Holy cow, but you want to bitch about the Philly scrum. All right, let me move on. You know, I want to start this out on a great note for Jalen Hurts here. I know, right? What's becoming evident now is that somehow Lamar Jackson has so much noise around him that it's really unbecoming of a player that doesn't like noise. And I got to hand it to Jalen. Look at all the quiet quarterbacks. Look at the quarterbacks that are quiet. Mahomes. Quite frankly, the only thing that's crazy about Mahomes is his crazy brother. Outside of that, Manning didn't even have and still doesn't have a Twitter handle. Eli just got on it. When Brady was at his height, he he rarely was on that thing. Look at all the quarterbacks with all the noise in their life. Seems to get in the way. Jalen has no noise. That is, Jalen Hurts is boring. That's success to me. That's success. Dude, the only time you want to hear Hurts is when he's representing your organization, which he does every time he opens his front door, and when he's on the field. You don't want to see dumbass shit. You, look at Lamar, man. There is so much noise around that player right now. And you always, dude, I always thought Lamar was that kind of player that he didn't like or didn't have that kind of noise around him. This guy here, man, Jalen Hurts. Dude, if you're going to put a face on the front cover of what a franchise quarterback looks like, that's your dude. You know, to some extent, Dak's like that, too. Dak doesn't have a lot of noise around his ass. He can't help it. It's the Cowboys. And the owner, Jerry Jones and Steven and those guys, it's the Cowboys. You can't not help having noise around you when you play in that organization. 
But you got to, I mean, Jalen has no noise. Folks, that's a good thing. Look at that chaotic scene going on between the Packers and the Jets. Who wants to be involved in that? It's great for guys like me. But at the end of the day, dude, you want a quarterback like Hurts, man. And you know what's crazy? Jalen Hurts is making money every single day just being quiet. The less he talks, the more money Hurts makes. Dude, this guy's a smart guy, man. You know, I mean, whether or not you like the dual threat aspect or you like the traditional, the one thing you got to say is you got to like this guy. And he's smart as hell. He's smart as hell. He, You know, when we say the intangibles, it's all about playing and it's all about producing on the field. I get it. But, man, I'll tell you something. He, he, he makes no noise. He's the face of the franchise. And the more he sits back and watches all these other guys, they're raising his salary. They're raising Jalen Hurts' salary and value because you know what? This is what these other organizations are doing. Watch this. They're looking to Philly going, man, I wish we had a guy like that. Especially in the offseason, how he handles himself. Look at that guy. My criticism of Hurts is his style of play. And not because he's bad at it, but because they don't last. But the one thing you have to really revere with the guy and the one thing that you have to respect and appreciate with the guy, he's not a drama queen. This guy goes out and does his job, represents himself. You know, it's funny. I think where he got this from is representing himself first because if he represents himself with dignity, the rest of it is going to follow suit. No noise around him like you have with Lamar. There's just no noise. No noise, man. Yacht says Purdy has no noise. Purdy hasn't done shit yet for me to sit here and start crowing and saying that this guy's the face of a franchise. That guy's got to play. That guy's got to show up to 17 fights like Hurts did. Okay? Purdy hasn't. Does it look promising? Great. Promising and potential. God, I hate those words. If some go, Sills, you're down. No. I want to see it. I don't want to preach potential. That sucks. Preaching potential. Worst thing on the planet. And, and you know what, too? I'll say this one more time. Potential has to be the most overrated word used in professional sports. 70% of the time, it doesn't pan out. I hate that conversation. By the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to another take on Hertz, and I want to get your opinion on it because um, I think it's essential in his negotiations. But I, I got a list here. Oh, by the way, let me, let me first hit on the Lane Johnson restructuring of his contract. God, if there's a guy on that roster that deserves to be paid $30 million in 2026, it's that dude. He's going to Canton. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Lane Johnson's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's going. Here, I'll make this point to you. That Joe Thomas dude in Cleveland, remember something. I'm on the Hall of Fame panel. I put names together for all the voters. I'm one of the guys on the panel. 
Jason Cole wasn't supposed to tell you that, but I am one of the guys. I'm trying to get Eric Allen's name on that on that list this year. Is Lane Johnson better than Joe Thomas? Yeah. Joe Thomas follows me on Twitter, and I respect him. I put his name on the list last year. In my opinion, Lane Johnson is first ballot. When they ask me to pick five guys and his time's up in five years removed from his playing time, he'll be on my list. I think he's better than Joe Thomas. He's not better than Orlando Pace. Um, He's probably not better than Jonathan Ogden. But I'll tell you, not far behind Ogden. Not, not, not far behind Jonathan Ogden. I think Jonathan Ogden was a spectacular player. Okay? And if you talk about right tackles, you're talking Ron Yeri, Forrest Gregg. You're talking about some of the greatest players in the history of the sport. There's not a ton of right tackles that you could really put on that list. He could be in the top three. When it comes to right tackles, the traditional tackles are the left tackles. But Lane has put himself in a position as a first ballot, okay? I think he's in between Jonathan Ogden and um, Orlando Pace, somewhere in there. He's better than Joe Thomas, in my opinion, okay? He's better than Joe Thomas. So the restructuring, let me ask you this. I'm going to get to a topic on that. I think it's fantastic. Frees up 10 million bucks. And given to a guy who's the best player on the Eagles. Funny, we're going to do some stuff today. I've got the best quarterbacks in the NFC. Um, I've got the top 30 players, 32 players that are ranked by ability not by need with teams. Jay says this, making us like you again, man. Must be the water. <laughs> Philly 500 at 430. And also, I ranked the top 22 Eagles. We're going to get to that here in a minute. And, and, and by the way, I'm going to expand more on the Lane Johnson restructuring of his contract here in a second. So the Eagles signed a guy and Terrell Edmonds at safety, 26, 79 games and 75 starts with the Steelers. Let me stop there first. He played with the Steelers. That means he was well coached. But here's something you always got to remember when you leave the Steelers. The Steelers don't want you to go. They're, they're the best organization in the NFL on player development. There's nobody better. There's nobody better than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh believes in the draft. Pittsburgh believes in second and third contracts for their guys. So for them to let him walk, they want to upgrade the position. And they'll probably do that in the draft. So that tells you right there. However, playing for Tomlin, he was obviously well coached. Steelers defensively have not been that good the last two years, especially against the pass. Five INTs in his career, 276 solos, 15 TFLs. Not really a ball hawk here. Last year, 22, 
70 total tackles in 15 ball games. Here, here, and again, whatever you think of Chris Collinsworth in pro football focus, some go like this. Sills, this guy was ranked ahead of Gardner Johnson. I told you what the stupid-ass media in Philly will do. They'll make this guy sound like Lito Shepard here in a minute. Gardner Johnson just signed a $10 million contract, $8 million with a million and a half in bonuses and incentives. Shut up. It's not true. He's not better than Gardner Johnson. However, again, 31st in the NFL in coverage. 40th in run defense. According to Chris Collinsworth, a.k.a. pro football focus, whatever that means. You guys will take Chris Collinsworth's word and sit there and try to convince yourself that this guy's a better player than Gardner Johnson. This is what fans do. Well, he's he's better. Yeah, he had more opportunities because he played on a shitty defense last year. Again, I mean, the kid that they signed from Chicago and this guy, these are bodies. I Here, Tone said something to me prior to going on the air that he's right. Sills, you know, when you play next to good people and really good players, doesn't that elevate your game too? He's right, 1,000%. Okay, 1,000%. Did Slay benefit having Gardner Johnson back there and vice versa? Absolutely. Absolutely. Did Epps benefit from having Brad? Absolutely. Did T.J. Edwards benefit from the play of Kaiser White? You know why you have to say yes? They all get paid. Shit, Fletcher Cox got paid. Fletcher Cox got paid more money than I thought. And Javon Hardgrave got paid more money than I thought. I'm like, right? Right? So I look at Edmonds and go like this. Let's see what he does. You know, I made a comment yesterday about Greedy Williams yesterday. And he has not lived up to the second round pick when he was in Cleveland. Darius Slay wasn't doing anything in Detroit, really. He got to Philly, turned himself into an all-pro and a pro bowler two years in a row. Environments can change you with better coaching. Detroit was a shit show before Dan Campbell. Okay, it was a shit show. And it looks like it's turning the corner. Better coaching, better fundamentals, better direction, right? Can that be a factor? Absolutely. But again, we're in the land of wishful thinking again. We're in the land of wishful thinking. Understand that. You're in the land of wishful thinking, which is uncertainty as you prepare for this team. To put together some more pieces here. The Lane Johnson restructuring. I'll tell you, man. Here are the top moves so far in the offseason. Getting Kelsey back. Bradbury's deal. Restructuring at a cheaper price. For Darius Slay. And in my opinion, Lane Johnson's restructuring. The rest of it, good. Some pieces. But really, it's it's the dollar store shopping right now. Okay, it's dollar store it's dollar store shopping. So let me get over here to the topics here.
let me start this out here before we get into Lane Johnson and the top 10 prospects that I think the Eagles, if they're going to do anything at 10, I've written down the top 10 prospects in the NFL draft this coming April, okay? It's not by me. These are by NFL scouts and general managers that gave me this list, and I formulated a list, and I guess it is me listening to the intel of these other men. Um, do we agree that there'll be a particular number this year before the Eagles walk away in negotiations with Jalen Hurts? You think they'll throw a number out and not budge off that number? Because remember what I said yesterday, they're under no obligation to pay him. Under zero obligation to pay Jalen Hurts right now. He's got another year on his deal. And after the debacle of Carson Wentz, they're not obligated to pay him. And the Eagles walk to their own beat. They're not going to sit there and worry about what Cleveland did or what Baltimore's doing or what the Jets are doing and Green Bay are doing. They pretty much walk to their own tone here. Um, is there a number that they'll throw at them? And if that number doesn't seem to be in the same conversation, both parties walk away from it. I don't think you guys understand this negotiation is going to have a little bit of angst to it. Okay? It's going to have a little angst to it. You think there's a number that they'll throw out there? Because again, if they're addressing Jalen Hurts' contract now, they're expecting him to maybe... I don't know, walk back a couple million bucks because why would I give you a contract now that I don't have to? Okay, why would I? You think there's a number? I do. I think there'll be a number. I think they'll throw out like maybe $48 million. And if they don't want to start there, I think the Eagles will pass on that and they'll wait for the offseason. Because I think $48 million is a fair number. It's between Kyler and potentially what Lamar's going to get. And I'm addressing it early. You see, this is where the Eagles can win this publicly. We offered him 48 over three years with an option in the fourth year. And we're going to guarantee 80% of it. And if you don't take it, that's not on the Eagles. That's on Jalen Hurts' people. I think the Eagles have to put this on Hurts' people. By doing it and offering it this way to them. Am I wrong? Now, next year, guy puts up another MVP season. They're going to have to pay north of 50. But right now, to me, I think there's a number. There has to be a number. This is not an open checkbook conversation. This is not going to be an open checkbook conversation. When it comes to dealing with Hertz's contract, right? Hey, give us a number, Jalen. Doesn't work that way. Nobody work. It doesn't work that way. What's the number you think the Eagles and what do you think the number to open up with would be fair for them? You know, it's funny. I haven't heard that. What's the fair number you think? I don't give a shit about 
Lamar Jackson right now. I care about Jalen Hurts' contract. Darius Slate was a pro bowler in Detroit. Great. I don't remember it. I do when he's in Philly. GG goes 48 is a good number. 46-5, a little bit more than Murray. That's not bad. I wouldn't get butthurt over that. You know? Big picking goes 48 actually. But I think Clutch Sports is going to ask for 50. 51. I think the Eagles walk away from that. Eh, you know. We addressed this early for you. We didn't have to. You're going to make $4 million, Jalen. We'll see you at the end of the season. There's got to be some negotiations here. Okay? Tony says, Dan, I believe Hertz is privy to everything how he's doing to build this roster up for the season. I do too. I think, hey, Tone, Tony, I think this now. When you're paying these guys, especially these quarterbacks, north of $50 million or around $50 million, I think you've got a seat at the executive's table now. I, I do. Okay, I, I, I do believe that. I, I think I think that they're they're I don't think so much that he's involved on the other side of the ball, but I think he's privy to what's going on when they had to let say Amalo and Miles Sanders go because that affects him in a way. Okay. I think that affects him. So, you know, and maybe maybe a heads up that they hey, how about this? Do you think they gave Jalen a heads up to bring a Mariota in? You think they get? You think they gave Jalen Hurts a head up, heads up? Hey, Jalen, I think we got our backup here for you. We're going to bring Marcus Mariota in. What do you, What do you think of that? You think they? You think they told him that? You think they said this to him? Hey, look, this is the kind of guy we're looking. Marcus kind of fits the bill, and you know, I I don't think they wanted to get his blessing, but I think they wanted to just give him a head, dude. You're never going to get Jalen making decisions on the team, but what you want to do is like they did in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes. They kept him a prize along with Alex Smith. All the shit that was going on when Alex Smith was ahead of Pat. I think that's fair communications, and I think that really leads to great negotiations. And I think you keep Jalen abreast of what's going on. I think that makes negotiations smoother. And I think that's why Jalen Hurts has been silent because they've been keeping him apprised of everything. Hey, we're going down this route. Hey, we're going to restructure this. Hey, Lane's deal. We're going to get to Lane's deal in a second. I want to throw a little curveball at that thing here in a minute. And then again, we're going to talk about the top 10 prospects. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I actually, Tony, I actually think that's a great take because the more I have communications and the more I'm transparent with Jalen Hurts and all the things that are going on in building this team back to potentially being remotely close to what they had in 2022, I think that goes a long way when it comes to negotiating your contract. That's what's making that thing in Green Bay so nasty. They, they have no interest in telling, it, in telling Aaron Rodgers anything. I mean, there is, there's no communications. 
I do believe there's some of that going on because Jalen is receptible to it and he's receptive to it. I do. All right. So I do think there's a number. I think 48 is a good number to open at. 48 million, in my opinion, is a good number to open at for Jalen Hurts. 48. All right. What do you guys think the $10 million contract restructuring of free money is for? What do you think it's for? Hey, I'm with you guys. Look, 48. Jalen starts talking about $55 million. I'm out. I'm not. You're not getting that. Now. Because I came to you early when you still had another year on your deal. MJ, I think the communications is important in this whole thing. What do you guys think to $10 million in restructuring of Lane Johnson's contract? What do you think that's being done for? What do you think that's being done? $10 million. I think it was something like $26 million this year that was on the books. And I think they got it down to 14, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere in that conversation. Okay. What do you think the 10 million is for? Kyle says Jalen's new contract. Restructure is to make it play for Wagner this season. Big picking. Okay. Max hit it. Max is right. This 10 million is not for Jalen Hurts. This 10 million is for your upcoming April draft. Vet, that is so cool of you, man. For an elite NFL quarterback to average prices costing clubs is 22% with equals about 48.75 with the cap going to 242 million next year. Ballpark for Hertz will be 50. Never happened. I'm that you're not going to get a $53 million contract to offer when I don't have to offer it to you. You they don't have to offer that. He's got another year remaining on his deal. They're under no obligation to pay him this year, but the four million. Them coming to him, vet. I appreciate vet. That was awful cool. Vet the they're under no obligation, Vet, to pay him this year. None. And, and, and by the way, having a good year, fantastic. Congratulations. Welcome to the NFL. Okay? Charlie, I don't think they're going after Henry. If you're going to go after an elite running back, by the way, I watched more film on B.J. Robinson last night. He's got Reggie Bush in him but he's bigger though. He's a great looking prospect. He's a great looking prospect. The more and more and more and more I watch him, dude, you again, it's the 20 yards of tape. He's got it. You put him behind that offensive line. I got to say, watch this. Who would you think make a bigger impact on the Philadelphia Eagles this coming year? Devon Witherspoon or BJ Robinson? Who would make a bigger impact on that team this year? 
Who do you think would make a bigger impact? B.J. Robinson or Devon Witherspoon? That guy's going to Dallas. I'm telling you, the Cowboys are going to get that guy. They are circling that guy. And I'm going to tell you guys a little secret. You know how close I am with the Jones family? That's their guy. They want him. The Cowboys want him or Derrick Henry if Tennessee cuts loose to that guy. They want Derrick Henry. Okay? That, that evens the pot in the NFC East. You put Derrick Henry or Bijan Robinson behind Dak, you're in the room with the Eagles. You're in the room. Henry had 1,500 yards last year. He's 28 years old. Don't kid yourself and stop talking shit that the guy's done. He's second in the league in rushing. That guy is built like Adrian Peterson. He's one of those freak of nature guys. Okay? 350 carries. Do you know how many backs in NFL history aren't built for that? But he and Adrian are. Those guys are freaks of nature. Okay? Bijan Robinson with the Cowboys, that's a big deal, dude. I like the kid Gibbs from all Alabama. I think he's a good ball player, too. I do. But I, 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 I'll give you the top and rank the top players athletically. We're going to do that in the show today, too. But I'm going to get to the top 10 prospects where the Eagles are picking at 10. Okay? And I'll tell you, if the Eagles draft anybody else other than these 10 for that 10th pick, you're overdrafting like you did for Jordan Davis last year. Okay? Boy, man. I think the Cowboys, man. I Two, they're circling two dudes in free. One, they want Henry, and they want Robinson out of Texas because they want help for Dak. The shit I talked about yesterday for Jalen. This is the stuff I talked about for Jalen. You want Jalen Hurts to continue to show progress and get better? You got to recoup 1,300 yards of offense and 11 touchdowns. And if you think you're going to do it with a convention of running backs, you're nuts. You're crazy. How about sure things? Henry, 1,500 yards, Robinson. Third or fifth best talent in the NFL draft coming up. Dude, you're not overdrafting B. John Robinson at 10. I don't give a shit what people... Hey, how many people think... Look at what Tennessee did. Let's just look at what Tennessee did. You know, Derrick Henry was a second-round draft choice. Derrick Henry. If you put that guy back in the draft, he'd have been the number one overall pick over quarterbacks. Derrick Henry was a second-round pick. Tennessee got a monster pick out of that. The Eagles overdraft Jordan Davis. Tennessee gets a deal in Derrick Henry. That is the... Jason Kelsey, ladder round guy, Hall of Famer. 
You know, when someone goes, Lane Johnson, but he's been one of the best players. No shit. Look how high he was drafted. That panned out that pick. And it was a quality pick. And it was not overdrafting. The player exceed anytime a player exceeds where he's drafted. Look at Ray Lewis. Ray was like 26 or 27. You think Ray Lewis overperformed where he was drafted? Or um a Shannon Sharp or a Joe Montana? Look at that. All right. I, I want to now look at the top 10 prospects. I love doing the draft stuff because I talk to as many people as I can. Because after you watch film, you want to hear what people think of these guys. Where's that list? Here we go. Eagles pick a 10. Here's the top 10 players athletically. These are the top 10 players, not where they're expected to go. So make this understand. I'm, I want you to understand. When I give you the names here, this is not where they're going to go. Like the number one pick is Carolina. Carolina has, get this, Carolina has to overdraft. And now you're going to get a sense. Do you know who helped me formulate all this? Is Jimmy Johnson. Coach Johnson showed me how to draft. Never, wherever you are in the draft, never overdraft. When you're in overdrafting mode, you usually suck for generations because you're usually panicking. Okay? You're usually panicking. Okay. Eagles pick a 10. Here are the top 10 players. According to Bledsoe, which is the scouting service, and according to five GMs. I'm not going to say what teams. I don't want anyone to – five teams. I'll give you one of them because I don't think he'd mind. Carolina. Okay? The number one player in the NFL draft athletically is Will Anderson. The Bama edge rusher is the number one player. And by the way, I've got another service. And what I did, what I did was all the Eagle needs. And I'll show you 10 and 30. We'll do that at the top of the hour. Will Anderson, if Carolina's smart, they draft him, but they can't. They need a quarterback. Guess who's number two? Jalen Carter. Man, if you're the Eagles, man, and you're watching all this shit go on, hey, how about you did this? Man, you start publicly, start floating out. You know this Jalen Carter guy, man? I don't know if his character, I don't know. You start throwing those smoke signals out that you're not going to take the guy because of character issues. The guy's not really good. You know, you really have question marks about him. You start talking shit on him. But behind your mind, man, you really want this kid. That's what I would do. I'd give you the opposite of what's going on. I start talking like I'm in hockey here. 
Ah, man, we have no interest. Yeah, you don't want to talk shit on the kid. So you'd say this, that ah, we have no interest in that, you know, some question marks here for us. And, you know, because you, uh, uh, you want to show some character. You don't want you don't want to you don't want to be a tool like urban liar and be some piece of shit like that. So what you want to do is, yeah, but Jalen Carter's the second ranked guy. OK. Number three. These are the top 10 players. Skill and athletic-wise, Bryce Young. You know, I talked to Frank about the guy. I go, Frank, he's small, man. Because I don't care. Watch him on tape. You put a line in front of him. You know what Frank said? He how he would. You know what Frank said and how he'd coach him? He'd coach him like Wilson. And Breeze. And he said this. You don't drop a kid like that back seven steps. You drop him nine. Because that's the technique Wilson discovered. Because he's small. Wilson drops nine. So he could see over his guys and more of the field. And sliding his feet. So he creates passing lanes. In between the tackles and guard and center. He goes, you have to come up with a little bit different of a nuance. Breeze does that too. Watch the way Breeze, Breeze gets in a nine-step drop, not seven. And it's a technique that shorter guys do. So you float him back nine steps instead of seven so he could see over everything more and see more of the field. Number four, these are the top 10 prospects. Athletically, these aren't where they're going. Peter Skornowski, offensive tackle, Northwestern. You're talking about a guy who is going to start immediately. And according to pro scouts, he's going to the Pro Bowl. He's one of the more gifted kids that they've seen at that position. He's going to be, in my opinion, a top 10 pick. Number five, the fifth best athlete player in the upcoming April draft is Bijan Robinson. If you're the Eagles and he falls to 10, are you going to roll out of him and draft and overdraft another kid? Is it need or are you looking for players? Are you looking for players? Robinson, I said yesterday, there's some people think he's a third. So he's between three and five now. So you take Joey Porter Jr., who's considered like the 12th or 13th. That's not too bad. 13, 10, not awful. Number six on the list of the best players in the draft. C.J. Stroud. So if Carolina takes him, you would have passed on the higher-ranked guy. And you would have overdrafted. You're already overdrafting Bryce at three. Now, can these guys... I, I, I made the example. Like Ray Lewis. Ray was down in the... He was down in the late 20s. 
He overperformed where he was drafting. Guys do it all the time. Jordan Davis did not live up to his position. He was overdrafted. As of today, whatever you want to call him, I've never said the word bust. I've never said that word. He was overdrafted as of March 24th. He has a chance to rectify that this year. Right now, he's overdrafted. He is not very productive. His production numbers are awful, actually. Number seven is Christian Gonzalez, cornerback, Oregon. So if the Eagles take him at 10, it's a quality pick. Yeah, it says Bijan is slow. It's such a lie. Watch him on tape. Watch his cutting ability. Watch his vision. He's a better back than Miles Sanders already. He's good in pass protection. He's a better pass catcher. Outside of Miles Sanders' first season when he caught more passes, that went away quick. I don't know why. Okay? That's not true. He's an electric player. I watched him. You know when you see a guy that has the vision he has in traffic. I always thought Miles Sanders, I think Miles got better this year in traffic. I did. But I never thought he was good inside traffic when it came to his Eagle career. He got better last year. He did. Could be a late bloomer. But let's face it. All the years he was in Philly, last year was his best year. You paid basically for one season in Carolina, $7 million. Well, actually $25 million. Okay. Okay, Chris, whatever. I'll tell you what, I'll take Bijan because you know why? I get him at $1 million and if he is, how about if he's as good? It's cheaper. And he's younger. Number eight is Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech. Um, I think he is the second best edge rusher in the draft. My problem is the Big 12. I mean, it's such a shitty defensive conference. I hate that conference defensively. Nobody plays it. You know, I mean, defensive guys in the Big 12. I mean, really? <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I don't know. I just, but when you watch him, Carl Dunbar saw him at the combines and he said, Dan, this guy is just absolutely a fantastic football player. And you can see it because he watched him on film. And he watched him in his drills. That's kind of what Carl does. Carl's the D-line coach for the Steelers. Number nine is Paris Johnson, offensive tackle, Ohio State. Two OTs. Two OTs in the top ten. Could the Eagles go there? Any one of these guys get drafted outside of the quarterbacks, the Eagles got themselves a good player and didn't overdraft. Miles Murphy's ten. A lot of people like Miles at that position there for a Philly. You put him on the outside there, plays behind Brandt. Watch this. You put Miles Murphy. You put him at defensive end. You have him play behind Brandon Graham. Those two guys switch off in, in reps. You're mentored by one of the better guys that they've had in the organization over the last 30 years. 
And then you got Sweat and Murphy for the next 10 years at defensive end. And if and if Jordan Davis pans out, you're young and you're going to have that group around for a long time. It's pretty smart if you think about it. So here's your top 10 players. Will Anderson won, Bama. Jalen Carter, man. Jalen Carter in the middle of that defense would help massively. I don't care about anything. The guy didn't, watch this. He didn't rape anyone or kill anyone. He's my guy. He didn't beat a dog. He didn't beat an elderly. He didn't smack a woman. I'm drafting him. I don't care. Now, like I've been telling you the last week or two weeks now since the combines, I don't want to draft stupid, reckless. That's not what I'm looking for. Don't make, hey, make me not want to not draft you. You know what I'm saying? Kid, if we get into a conversation, you start talking stupid shit to me, I'm going to pass on you because I'm not drafting dumb. Dumb never wins. Smarts, focus, knowing who you are, knowing where you are is important when you're a professional. Take it from somebody who didn't understand that. You see, guys, when I talk to you, always remember this. I talk to you from failure. Yes. I've understood this now. had nothing to do with ability. I failed myself. Okay? I failed. Me. My aunt hates when I talk like this. Because I real but I did. I, I, I allowed stupid shit to get in the way. Don't let that be you. Cause I would talk to the kid. Dude, you're out drag racing. When you got a combine around the corner and someone was killed, you think that's smart? You know, that's funny because people always does this. People always do this. Salio sounds like he, he pretends he's a pro bowler. No, I come from failure. I was a junior and a 56 player taken. I had to go to supplemental draft. When I got to the pros, I didn't know how to handle being a pro. That's where I come from. How about you? When I look in the mirror every month, sometimes I just want to take a hammer and smash my face in because I let an opportunity pass me by. I tell that kid, don't let that be you. It aggravates me sometimes when I see guys blowing opportunities. Okay, maybe I've never really told you guys that I don't come from a place of bragging about what I did. It's what I didn't do. Shit, you had Rich McKay come on here, the president of the Falcons. We moved you around and I was stupid. Don't be that guy. That's why when guys make mistakes. I want to talk to you. I'm not going to listen to a narrative of a media turd telling me, I want to talk to you. 
kind of man are you? Did you learn? Where are you now? Who's around you? Have you made any adjustments to your life? That's what I want to know on Jalen Carter. I already see the tape. He's Jerome Brown and got sap qualities to him. Every team overdraft happens all the time. Okay, vet. True. We're trying to dismiss that. What was funny is Jimmy Johnson built an entire Super Bowl dynasty by not overdrafting. That's why I took his lead and why he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame as one of the best coaches and talent evaluators of all time. By the way, he also drafted in ladder rounds Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor, who also made it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He took them in later rounds. Jimmy knows what he's doing. Okay? So these guys here, man, if the Eagles draft any one of these 10 outside of the quarterbacks, obviously, you got yourself a player. When you start dipping outside of the top, see, to me, the the list that's the most important list, you know what? You want to know why most mock drafts are full of shit and why no one... Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper, or any of these other losers that come up with these, including me. You know why they never hit? Because you're overdrafting positions and you're panicking. And because the top 10, you don't really draft the best player available. What you draft is you draft the quarterbacks. There's going to, you see these 10 guys, there's two quarterbacks in the top 10. Four are going in the top 10 which means some of these guys are sliding. And there's going to be more. Oh, by the way, I think there's going to be a lot of traffic at 10 for Howie with teams calling him, wanting to make a deal. And there's going to be players down there that they're – let me say this to you. Jalen Carter could fall down there. I still think he's going to hit around seven. Um, He's going to slide. But is it enough to get down to 10? And could there be a – there's always a dumbass surprise in the top ten, isn't there? Somebody always goes crazy and off the reservation and puts a guy in the top ten, and you're counting on inexperienced drafting people. By the way, once again, the Eagles aren't really the greatest at drafting also. They're, 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 They're not known for great drafters, I don't think. Later rounds, you know what's funny? They're better in the later rounds because you know why? Then it becomes best player available. And that's where Howie and his guys do a great job. Howie and his guys do a better job at drafting, in my opinion, from rounds two down. They're better from two to seven than they are from one to two. Am I wrong? Look at the guys that they've had on the team have success. They've been later round guys. That's right, Neil, not only do you not overdraft from three to five, you don't overpay from three to five. So any one of these dudes outside of the quarterbacks, if they're there at 10, dude, 
Robinson, here, here's who I think are going to be a 10. Robinson? Paris Johnson, Miles Murphy. I'm going to say Christian Gonzalez. You're going to have four guys I think you're going to be able to choose from down there at 10. Robinson, Gonzalez, Johnson, and Murphy. Would you take any one of those guys or would you move down? What would you do? I think the OT from Northwestern's going early, maybe five. Young's going second or first. Anderson won't be on the board down there at 10. Stroud's going probably to Carolina. Tyree Wilson will be the second best edge rusher. I think he's going to go between six and eight. Gonzalez, six and eight. Johnson, probably around there at 10. Which one of these guys do you feel comfortable or do you move out of this? I think B.J. Robinson, Christian Gonzalez. Remember I said this. We're gonna, I'm going to keep this sheet. B.J. Robinson, Christian Gonzalez, Paris Johnson, or Miles Murphy. I'm telling you guys, if you draft somebody else on that board that's not in this top 10 list, you're overdrafting a dude massively and i'm gonna get to that at the top of the hour where these guys are ranked by numerous general managers and other organizations which one of these guys helps your team how about this which one of these guys helps your team out the most this coming season if you're the philadelphia eagles and remember something here with these guys they're gonna be cheaper on that 10 million dollar restructuring elaine johnson is for these guys not for jalen hurts They didn't do that for Jalen. They did that for the upcoming. Remember I told you they didn't have the money for the draft. The restructuring of Lane is for the draft. They didn't have any money for the draft. Do you move down? Robinson, Gonzalez, me, I'd probably draft Murphy. I would probably draft Murphy. That's where I'm going. I would probably take Murphy. If these are my choices, Robinson, Christian Gonzalez, my priorities changed. Let me go get a corner next year. And by the way, maybe if I trade out of 10, I get a corner next year. What if you trade that 10th pick to get a first rounder next year? There's always going to be here, – here's something you're going to always know. There's going to be great corners in the NFL draft next year coming out of the Southeastern Conference. Just watch the conference every year. There's always brilliant corners. Okay? Always. And once again, people like Batman don't get it. These aren't – where they're going. And these aren't my my thoughts. This is the NFL's thoughts on the top 10 players. This guy's going to take some dumbass that's ranked 20th at 10, like they did a year ago. 
They took Jordan Davis 13. Jordan Davis was ranked 27th. You got what you drafted. You overdrafted again. He's not the 13th pick. I'm not sure he'll ever be. In five years, I said it yesterday, he's got nine sacks. Not a very productive dude. He's not. So, here's your top 10. What we're going to do next is, I put this out there. Talking to the same people last night, and I had them email me over their top 10 and top 32 players. What I did with the Eagles was, I put safety, defensive tackle, edge rusher, and offensive lineman. These are going to be the rankings of players that the Eagles have a need for. And with the Eagles, with the 10th pick and the 30th pick as of March 24th, these are the quality rankings. Don't do what you did with Jordan Davis last year. Now you're hoping he plays and is a good player. You're hoping. As of right now, your question marks, and it's a right so question mark. The only, do, do you know the only thing that you could say about Jordan Davis is, I hope he plays better. You can't say anything else. You can't do, I know he'll play better. You don't know that. I don't know that. That's the point here. I saw no promise last year that he was the 13th pick. What's his name said this? Vita Vea. You think he's as good as Via Vea? <laughs> You're hoping. He's not, dude, he's not that good. You're when you compare him to him, he's not Vita Vea. That's not happening. That's a lie. Okay. We're gonna look at the needs. Okay. And the rankings from five NFL teams and general managers and the Blesto scouting system that the NFL uses. And I'm going to tell you, again, with the 10th pick and with the 30th pick, where you look at with the needs of the team. Hit the like button. Don't forget my boy, Philly 500 at 430 Eastern. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. 
it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Fletcher Cox plays without Javon Hardgrave this year. Hardgrave's got uh, Nick Boza next to him. I'm pretty comfortable saying he'll be okay. And with Armstead next to him, uh, he'll be fine. Could have probably the same year he had a year ago in Philly. He's got quality guys around him. How good do you think Fletcher plays without Hardgrave next to him? I don't know. You got lesser talent there now. No Sue, no Joseph, no Hardgrave. Those are quality men. At one time in their careers, they were considered some of the better interior linemen. Now you've got a guy, it's a big giant question mark, and you've got an aging defensive tackle that you overpaid for. How do you think he plays? In a new system and scheme. I think he plays... Um, I can't, I'm not going to go. Fletcher's been a great ball player. I can't say he's going to suck. That's not fair and not true. And I'm not going there, but his, his production has to fall off. He's not going to have the quality people around him. Hardgrave will. Hardgrave's going to have more quality folks around him. You guys would keep telling me about this, this Edmonds kid. Okay, albeit, I mean, but he was coached in Pittsburgh. He's one of the worst tacklers and cover defensive backs in the NFL. 
according to Chris Collinsworth. Whatever that means. Now, him being around Slay and Bradbury probably helps him. It does. I I would think it does. I would hope it does because if I'm going to say this about Cam Jurgens, Cam Jurgens got Kelsey and Lane on the other side of him and Stoutland. That's got to be a factor back there too. So we'll see. Greedy Williams, he sucked in Cleveland. Will he be better with better talent around him? Probably. Yet to be determined though. Fair enough. Fair enough. But the position of defensive tackle, Fletcher Cox to say that he's going to have a better season without better talent around him is obnoxious. It's not true. How do you know that? He doesn't have the quality people at all around him that he had a year ago. As of March 24th, dude, people don't give defensive tackles away. Look at what they just paid in San Francisco. That's not handy. Look at what the guy in Washington just signed for. You don't just hand out really good D tackles. Okay? A lot of pressure on Fletcher Cox. You're paying him as the best defensive tackle you have. Okay? Fair enough. But you ain't got anybody around him to help him. And you're hoping and praying that Davis plays up to his talent, which he's never. Okay? That's an overdrafted player. It's an over... Hey, Javon Hardgrave is an overpaid player. (laughs) That's fair, too. And, dude, I I get the whole thing with Howie. 20 million, Sills? Watch this. Sills, 20 million? Hmm. Uh, no, man, I get it, man. We're going to have a drop-off. This is what I would say if I was in that building with them. Seals, you want me to pay $20 million for Javon Hardgrave? No. As much as I hate to lose the 11 sacks, and I'll say it one more time to you, man, and I've said this criticism about Javon Hardgrave the whole time. I don't think he's a tremendous run stopper. I think he's adequate. I don't even think he's above average. I think he's adequate. Okay? He's an adequate run stopper. But his versatility at a three, two, and one, that's where they're paying him two for. Okay, he's adequate. Okay. Scotty, Tone has nothing to do with what, what how I deliver anything. Tone's behind the scenes doing his job. Shut your hole. Um, Fletcher's got to stand up and play big. Tone has nothing to do with my delivery or my takes. You're a tool. Milton Williams, I'm a fan of. Milton Williams, I'm a fan. I think he's going to, hey, Milton Williams, I said this yesterday. I think Milton Williams has to be a key to the success of the defensive tackle position. Okay? All right. Scotty, your boy took a haircut, opened his fat mouth, and lost money. 
How you done? Haircut. Mr. Victim. You mean to be salary cap victim? <laughs> cry back to the Eagles. I would too. 14 million? Damn right I'm going to cry back to the Eagles. You're damn right. After what I watched the guy in Dallas get, Stephon Gilmore, you bet I'm going to cry back to Philly. 14 million? Darius Slay would have got 7 million bucks in the open market and he would have took a giant haircut. He's like, yeah, let me run back here with my hand out. This is how he went. This is how Darius Slay went back to the Eagles. <laughs> hand out, head down. That's how he went back, my friend. Hand out, head down. <laughs> All right. Philly 500, bottom of the hour. Duel. One thing we all agreed on. Just keep your mouth shut, man. You didn't need to do anything. You were under contract. Okay? You were under contract. Why'd you open your face? Look like an idiot. Crying the way you did on the internet? That's all you were doing. Slay was crying on the internet. He didn't have to. You should be, you know what you should do is take a page out of your quarterback's playbook. Not open your face and sit back and gain and earn money and respect. That's what you should have did was act like your quarterback because your quarterback's doing it right. Your quarterback's going to get paid because you know why? He knows the game. You don't. You cry. I don't know who's more of a diva, these receivers at these corners today, because they moan all the time. They do, man. A lot of moaning. Here we go. I called the, like I said, we got the top 10 players that are going to be in the draft. Here are the need positions by rank of the Eagles. Look, I didn't put running back on here. Because as much as I would love to have, and I will talk to my boy Philly at 4.30 Eastern, do I think Howie Roseman will draft the quarterback or corner um, running back at 10? I don't. Okay, I don't. But here are, again, the players and their rankings with the Eagles having the 10th and 30th pick. Safety, DT, Edge and offensive tackle. Here you go. Number one player in the draft, as I said, is Will Anderson. Bam, edge rusher. Now, again, this is not where they're going. These are the ranked players with ability. Coming out of the combines. Number two, Jalen Carter is ranked second. Georgia, defensive tackle. The fourth-ranked player is Peter Skronoski, Northwestern, offensive tackle. The number seven-ranked player, we're getting closer to 10 now, is Christian Gonzalez, Oregon, cornerback. Eight, boy, man, Tyree Wilson over Miles Murphy, I'm in. But Tyree Wilson is eighth edge rusher, Texas Tech. Again, these are the rankings so that when you look at who is going to draft and you see where these guys go in the draft, you'll know who gets a quality pick or not. 
you'll know. Wow, Sills said, not Sills even. NFL scouts are saying this guy's the eighth best player in the draft. And say you've got Tyree Wilson at 14. That's a steal. Number nine is Paris Johnson, Ohio State Buckeyes. Man, would, would, would how, how about this? Would Howie draft an offensive tackle at 10 if it was this guy, Johnson? That's how they build their team. Why wouldn't he? If Paris Johnson, watch this. If Paris Johnson is at 10 and he takes him, that's a great pick. Ninth best player ranked, according to five general managers in Busto Scouting Service. You got him at 10? Yeah, that fits. Plus, it's the way, it's 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 the way that you draft. Yacht, I'm not talking about who I like. I'm talking about who the NFL is ranked after the combines and talking to the kids and being around them and their scouting departments. Whoever told you about that, whatever, dude. I don't listen to people like uh, Mc, uh, McShay and them guys. I never have and I never will. They're nobodies. Now, if Devon Weatherspoon is ranked 11th, The kid from Illinois, cornerback, he is 11th. Okay, 11, 10. Okay, you're kind of in the room. Joey Porter is ranked 12th. Penn State corner. 10, 12. I could live with that. I could live with that. Okay. I could live with it. Bryant Branch, 14, Bama. Slide down to 14, get your safety here. Right? Now you're starting to talk about maneuvering down. That kid Branch at 14, he's the 14th ranked player on the board. Would you drop down to 14 if you got extra picks in rounds two and three to get him? Then you could solidify your defensive tackle position and potentially an offensive lineman in second and third rounds, and you got your safety where you have massive holes right now in. Doesn't that make sense? Slide down to 14. You draft your guy, Branch. Hey, and get this. If Branch is not there and Porter is, I'll draft Porter. He's a 12th-ranked guy. I'm at 14. I'm good. I'm still going to take a quality guy in a, in a position I'm going to need because Slay, I'm dumping him next year. Slay will never live up to that contract. So I'm going to need a corner. You could have, right. You could have Porter or Branch still threat. Right. If you're, you move down to 14 and Porter or Branch are there, I'm good. See, Again, you know what, man? That thing with, with Davis last year, he wowed everyone at the Combines. So what? Game tape should always supersede that. And he, he was a great player at times at Georgia. 
he was what we call a flash player. He wasn't consistent ever there. And that's a problem. When you're not consistent and never live up to your athletic ability and your lack of production shows it, there's always question marks for me. 13, look, and I'm still not saying he wasn't a first-rounder. Would I have drafted him in the first? Yeah, not at 13. Broderick Jones at 15, Georgia offensive tackle. Look, I got a feeling. I would not be shocked if the Eagles picked up one of these tackles or one of these offensive linemen. in the. I would not be shocked. You know why? They've made their living owning the NFC East, drafting O-linemen. Isn't it crazy? People are always looking at these flash players, but the Eagles have made their reputation in the last 22 years with O-linemen. They've been their highest paid players and their most productive players have been their O-linemen. Let me ask you this. In the, la- in the last 22 years, since Howie Roseman has been in the building, has there been a more productive player over a span of a career than Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Has there been? Has there been a better eagle than those two guys in the last 22 years? I, that's a no. Those guys are first ballot Hall of Famers, and one of them, might be considered one of the top three centers of all time. The kid Georgia from Georgia is pretty good. The 16th ranked player is Brian Breezy. Boy, you land him at 30? We're talking now. Get to six. See, that's what you wanted to do with Davis a year ago. You wanted a guy that was ranked that high up, and you get him at 30. That's a steal. That's what you call the steal of the draft. Okay? Hey, Chris, so you actually think Donovan McNabb's better than Lane Johnson's career? He's had a better career than Lane Johnson? How <laughs> ridiculous. McNabb will never see the inside of a Hall of Fame. Unless he's buying a ticket. Um, number 22. Lucas Van Ness, Iowa. Again, you're at 30. Edge rusher. He's 22. You get him at 30. Or you trade down from 14 to 22 to get this guy. That's how you do this. And you get multiple picks in twos and three. Because right now, what is it? It, it, it? Am I right when I say this? They're limited on picks in rounds three, four, somewhere near like three and four. They like they got a hole in their draft. They only got six picks this coming April. I think they got to expand on that. That's again when we opened the program. One of the reasons why they restructured the deal. They restructured the deal not only because they're rewarding Lane for a phenomenal career and rightfully earned. You know what, too? That's really crazy great to say this about Lane Johnson. 
man, if there's a guy that earned it and there's a guy that is earning it and there's a guy that's in just continuing to play as great as he is, have you ever seen two guys continuing to get better and better and better and better as they're getting older and older and older? And Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, these guys are freaking freakazoids, man. It is an honor to watch them play. They're getting better and better and better and better and better. And, dude, I feel – watch this. I feel comfortable giving him a guaranteed, fully guaranteed deal. Even if that guy got hurt, I would feel comfortable going, well, that's the NFL. He's not injury prone. He's not – I mean, even the center, who's not the biggest dude on the planet. Okay? Those two guys have been warriors. They're the best players you've had in the last. And, and by the way, like like Westbrook and them dudes. I mean, one of my favorite players, Jackson, another one of my favorite guys because he's a dual guy. You put him in special teams. One of the best deep threats. Tyreek Hill's probably the greatest deep threat now. But dude, Johnson and Kelsey have been superstars. And that's kind of where the Eagles sit in that draft room. If there's an old lineman that they like, I think they take him. Keely Ringo is ranked the 24th prospect. And the kid out of Georgia, I like him at safety. He's a big kid. Now, here's a really crazy one. Okay? Yacht, Jordan Davis is not Jalen Rager. Not even remotely close. Jalen Rager was one of the absolute worst picks in the history of the NFL's first round. I mean, he easily one of the worst picks in NFL history at wide receiver. Okay. One of the worst picks in history. That no one's ever said that about Jordan Davis. Here's an interesting player. Number 26, Nolan Smith. Georgia Edge. He's the 26th ranked player on the board. Kind of undersized a little bit, but he's the guy today. You know, TJ Watt, you know, I I, I had to look his uh, size up. I was shocked. He's like 6'4". I was a little surprised that he was that big. Okay? I, I, I was kind of surprised. But, man, this guy, again, here's a guy that flashed at the combines. He really had a good career with Georgia. But, man, I always get a little nervous about guys who splash at the combines. Okay? I love the speed. I love all that. But, again, I'm not going to ever get enamored with a guy running around in his underwear. And that's what happened a year ago, again, with Jordan Davis. Running around in his underwear, he looked fast. So what? I want to know what you do on the football field. I want to know what kind of player you are. Are you productive?
Number 27, cornerback from South Carolina, Cam Smith. Again, 30th, getting a corner. It's a quality pick. These are all quality picks for the 10th pick and the 30th pick. That's why we brought them up here. Keon White, edge rusher, Georgia Tech, 31. They're starting to get past the 30th. Maybe you trade down. And out of the first round, grab your guy. Okay. Emmanuel Forbes, cornerback, Mississippi State at 32. These are the 32 ranked football players that will head into the draft, not where they will be drafted. Okay. Not where they will be drafted. But it's the players that are the 20 or 32 best football players that are going to be available for the April draft. These guys are going to fall, fall. Some of these guys are going to rise. And what happens when you're talking about the draft, the majority of these guys, do you know why the draft gets skewed and thrown around all the time? You know why it does? Because the quarterbacks in the and the quarterback position always throws it off. Like, get this. Anthony Richardson is probably going to go to the Colts. And the NFL didn't even rank him one of the top 32 players in the draft, but he's going to go to the Colts. So that means one of those top 10 guys that I named you, they're going to fall. That's why Howie at 10 and 30, a lot of business there. Again, you drop down to 14. You get your guy, Brian Branch. And you get draft picks for rounds two, three, and four for going down to 14. Or you get a one next year. All because the quarterback had a good year last year. Think about that. Howie Roseman a year ago didn't get two ones because he was thinking he was going to get a safety. He got two ones last year because he thought he was going to have to go in and get one of these quarterbacks. All right, before I bring Philly 500 up here, this guy's been barking. And he's been barking about Bijan Robinson. And I'll tell you something. I brought this up yesterday, and he was one of the very first guys to bring it up. I said, screw that. Never happened. Not, you know. And by the way, I'm, 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 before I get his answer, I don't think he thinks how he's going to do it too. But as I told you, according to the NFL, this guy's either the third or fifth best player in the draft. Third or fifth best player in the draft. And you're sitting at 10. That's a quality pick. B. John Robinson, does he help your team more than Devon Weatherspoon? Let's bring up our friend here. Philly 500. Yo, yo, yo. You've been barking. I mean, Why'd you like this kid right out of the gate? Well, I mean, I mean, like you said, he he's a what a top three talent in this top three to five talent in this entire draft, right? And what is the draft about? It's about drafting talent. You're trying to find the best talent for your team. And I look at the Philadelphia Eagles, and and I look at you know all the players that they could possibly draft. And he's say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The one guy that I could say, you put him in this team right now next year, he makes your offense better, right? Which in turns helps you to kind of retool your defense over the next few years. It helps Jalen Hurts. And uh, I, I don't see very many players that can kind of come in right away and give you what he's going to give you, an actual upgrade in the position. Look, I love Jalen Carter, and I would take Jalen Carter over Bajon Robinson. But is Jalen Carter to come in and have 11 sacks like Javon Hargrave in his rookie year? He's not. He's going to take time to adapt and adjust to the NFL. So what do you do in, you know, between years two, three, four for these guys? You know, while you're going into Kurtz's huge contract years, what do you do to be better next year? How do you improve your team next year? And Bajon Robinson's the answer. He immediately improves your offense. I would say this to you too, Philly. Um, do we agree the Eagles are now an offensive-minded football team until we find out what Sean Desai is? We don't even know what type of scheme he's going to play. So this is an offensive football team, right? And if you're going yes. to invest $50 million in a guy, you better keep putting as many quality pieces around this guy because you want to lower that. You don't want Jalen Hurts trending towards 200 carries. You want right. a guy behind you that's going to take some of that water and carry it for the kid. So to me, right. he makes the immediate impact. Now, the question would come down to this. Do you think Howie would move down to take the kid? Or do you think that they would even ever entertain drafting a running back in the first round? It, you know what? Most likely, he probably would not entertain it, right? That's what everybody says. He wouldn't entertain it. The only reason I think there may be a slight chance that it could happen is for two reasons. One, Howie has talked a lot about going against the grain, finding value in what everybody else doesn't do, right? And in today's NFL, the, the thought of running backs is that running backs – aren't worth first-round picks. They're not worth second contracts. They're a devalued position. So in that, he might find value. And then the other reason is, is because if you draft Bijan Robinson and he's as good as we think he could be, you're looking at a guy who will be under a rookie contract for four years, right? You're going to have to resign A.J. Brown. You're going to have to deal with Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, that offensive line, Jalen Hurts' contract. I mean – this guy's going to be making nothing for four years. And I, I think those would be the only two reasons I think he would do it, but I still don't think he would do it, but he should. How about this? The secret here says that, you know, what might sway that towards what you're saying, though, Philly, is that they did make a play for Christian McCaffrey last year. That they was did. well known that they made a yep. play for that guy. And – Hey, look, they let the kid walk out the building, $7 million. Now, to me, like you said, you could actually upgrade the position on a rookie contract and the two things you want in life, 
to be cheaper and better. <laughs> right. That, yeah. Right? That move takes care yeah. of both those, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it totally does. And and then listen to this, right? You have a plethora of picks next year. You have a ton of picks next year. The, but the consensus is kind of the Eagles are going to retool, revamp that defense over the course of the next two years. What better to give your defense some pressure off than an offense that that goes out and scores a ton of points and, and you know, a running back that, that can basically keep the ball on your with your offense, keep your defense, keep the pressure off the defense, let those young guys learn, let them play. That's what I think, you know, and then the defense focuses on being more aggressive, being more opportunistic. And I think you win a lot of games. I, I, I really think you would win a lot of games that way. How about this, Philly? Tone just goes like this. Not only if you draft Bijan and you run him into the ground, say you get four or five years out of the kid, because that mm-hmm. looks like what the tread marks are right. for guys like Todd Gurley, some of these other guys, right, that we've seen yep. come into the league. Zeke Elliott is a great example of that. Not only do you take advantage of him, but then you take advantage of Jalen Hurts as well by having right. as many gifted guys around him as possible. Right. So if what's so Bijan gives you five years, you win a Super Bowl with that guy and you run his yeah. ass into the ground. Everyone yeah. goes, that's pretty much the lifeline of what a running back is. Right. But if, yeah, two 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 things I want to add to that, right? Isn't it funny? One, isn't it funny? that we talk about the running back is devalued and teams don't give second contracts yet. Three of the franchise tag players were running backs. So they don't want to give them second contracts, but they need those guys too. And see, I I get the idea if if you're rebuilding a team and you're high in the draft and it's going to be a few years, you don't take a running back. But when, when really he's like that last piece to put into a team that's competitive, that's the time you do it. Okay. I hear all the time. The Eagles have the best offensive line in football. Why do they need a great running back? They can make good running backs good. You know, like average running backs good. Well, what do you do when you get a great offensive line and you put a great running back behind them? What do you got then? You got something special, right? Didn't Emmitt Smith have a great offensive line? I mean, if you have a chance to put to give yourself an offense that nobody can even touch, why would you not do it? To me, it makes you- no sense. You got something else to think about here. You better take advantage of Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. I mean, these guys are now starting to get up there in the meter of age. Okay. You're going to have those two hall of fame, first ballot hall of famers gone in the next four years. And you're going to have to retool those two dudes. Plus you've got a dual threat guy that to me, you want to get the best out of him now because five years from now, if you continue to beat that guy up, I don't care who he is. He's going to beat Cam Newton or RG3 just yeah. because you put the pressure on him. So you've got – So I want to take advantage of Lane, who you just gave the contract extension to, yep. and you brought back Jason Kelsey. Doesn't that make the sense why maybe the running back is the pick there? Yeah, I, it does. It, it makes a lot of sense. I believe that if the Eagles – took Bajan Robinson, and they got him. I believe instantly, without arguing, in my opinion, I think they're the best team in the NFC because I don't think anybody can keep up with that offense. They just could not keep up with the offense. You're also talking about a conference that's getting weaker. I mean, you're losing Aaron Rodgers, you're losing Tom Brady. Yeah, the 49ers are a threat, but other than that, who is? So, I mean, to me, that's, that's the move. 
that puts you right back at the forefront of everything, allowing your defense to kind of retool over the next two years in the draft because your offense has the weaknesses. You brought a great point up too, just to expand on it. With all the new looks on defense and all, we don't even know what it's going to look like. How long before we see a defense that resembles? And I'm not saying it's going to equal what they did a year ago, mm. but how long do you think that thing takes? Because quite frankly, we don't know anything about Sean Desai. You know, he right. wants to run a third. Get this. His attitude is he wants to run a 34. Shit, dude, you don't have four linebackers right, right. now. You, you, you don't, and you don't really have the personnel. So, mm. Philly, I mean, that offense is going to have to carry the water a lot more to what you said. But how long yeah. will it take before we see something that resembles a defense that could stop people? I mean, I think, I think if I, I think, I think that if they play with the, the, the players that they have this year, and, and I don't know what to expect from Desai either, but if they're a little more aggressive, I think they got to be more aggressive, create more turnovers. But if they could be opportunistic and aggressive with a really good offense, I think that they'll still win a lot of games still be one of the best teams in the conference, even though their defense isn't as good. If they draft well over the next two years, I think that, you know, by, you know, a couple years down the road, I think they could be really good again. But they've got to draft really well, you know. Here's here's another thought on Jalen Hurts' contract. Um, and, and, and tell me if you subscribe to this. Okay. Okay, they're under no obligation, Correct to pay him this year zero they're under zero obligation right don't you think and this is how he's trend kind of hitting the deals before they expire don't you think going to Jalen Hurts and I do believe that there's some really good conversations going behind the scenes that I think they're being as transparent with Jalen on what they're doing on keeping Mm -hmm. kind of the same way I think Kansas City's transparent with what they're doing. Hey, can you imagine last year, Philly? Hey, look, we're going to let loose a Tyree kill. I'm sure right. that just wasn't something that wasn't discussed with yeah. Patrick Mahomes. I mean, look at Green Bay. They have no conversations with Aaron Rodgers. I think yeah. Philadelphia does keep this guy in the conversation. Doesn't ask him what he would – but he, they kind of get an injection from him. So follow me here when you're when you're being that transparent. Don't you think that you would feel if you were Jalen Hurts a little more obligated to give the football team um, a little bit more of a discount because they're going to pay me earlier than say next year? And I'm look, I'm not talking five, ten million dollars. I'm talking. Right, right. Don't you think that they want to pay you early? How many times have you had your boss come to you and go, "Hey, you know that contract you have." We're gonna rip it up because you're doing such a great job, bro. That never happened. That ain't that ain't ever happened to no. Big Sills. I can promise you that. No, no. Okay, so no. when a co- when a company comes to you and says, "Hey, you did such a great job. We love who you are. We love you're the face of our team. Yeah. We're gonna pay you a year early." Do you think mm-hmm. there's a dynamic there between everyone that that keeps that thing on, on on track and on the reservation, unlike what you see in Baltimore? Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. And I think the I think the Eagles have learned probably from past mistakes with, with those kind of things. And Jalen Hurts just seems like the kind of guy to me that that really wants to win. And he's going to, you know, he's going to get his money, he's going to get paid, but but he's also going to balance that with, you know, wanting to put good teams on the field. So I, I think 
I think it'll be something friendly in, in some sort of way, you know. How about this one? I said this at the top of the show when we opened. Philly, with that being said, and to expand on that, don't you think there's a number that they're going to throw out there this year because they came early to the table? And if he passes on it, they're going to pass on 2023 and they're going to deal with him in the offseason. And I would say this to you here's 48 million. Mm -hmm. That's a fair number. It's okay. between Kyler Murray and it's between Aaron Rodgers. It's 48 million. And I'm paying you potentially earlier by negotiating this. Because this is not going to be an open checkbook. This right. is not going to be that. Jalen's not going to be able to dictate the money when it comes to negotiations. These guys are going to go back and forth. I don't it, look, I said it's not going to get ugly. I don't believe it does. I think they're transparent. I think they like each other a lot. And they want to get yeah. it. How about this? They want to get the yes. I don't know if Baltimore wants to get the yes with Lamar. And I don't know if Lamar wants to get the yes. But I I believe Jalen wants to get the yes. Don't you think there's a number out there, though? Yeah, I'm sure there's a number. I I, mean, I don't know what it is, but but I, I expect I, I'm sure. You think 48 is fair? I think I think he's going to want more. <laughs> I think I think. He's but why would I, I think... pay you more a year earlier? Yeah, well, I mean that that's that's true, but it, it's a risk on your on your on your end. It's a risk because if I go out, well, it's both risk, I guess. But if he goes out and he plays good, and then you have all these other quarterbacks sign contracts, you're going to have to pay him even more money. So, so yeah, forty eight may be seem fair because coming a year early, but I I don't know that the I don't know that Jalen Hurts is going to look at that contract and say, yeah, you're paying me a year early. I think he's going to look at it like you, you really got to pay me early. Or it's too risky, you know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't think I don't think I would look at that as a huge favor the Eagles were doing me. To be honest with you, if it was that I'm me. paying them earlier, I fell yeah. into that trap with Wentz. They paid they paid Wentz a year before. I right. Believe. Look how that yeah. panned out. Yeah. Well, that guy's the guy. The guy. You know, he's a, he's a little bit of a gagoots, as my dad would you, say. You, you know, <laughs> feel like they the Super Bowl with him. Yeah. Well. With, with Nick Foles. <laughs> oh, oh, he put the sub. Yeah, had to add the substitute teacher in there too, right? right. Hey, you have to, right? If, if I was, if I'm the Eagles and I'm doing that contract with Wentz, well, you didn't win me the Super Bowl. You know, there's a statue of Nick Foles out there, right? I mean, that has to come up. I, I do think the Eagles and him will will find some sort of balance. I, I, I do. Um, you know, Howie's been pretty good with that, and I don't think the Eagles. I don't think the Eagles want him going into the last year of his contract, though. I, I really don't. Because I think Jalen Hurts going to go out and have even – I think he's going to have just as good, if not better, year. So With a I, I think team? The, well, the offense is going to still be pretty good, right? I, I still oh, think he's have a good no, offense. The offense is the best offense. So he, he's still going to put up, I think, big numbers. Now, whether, you know, they score enough points and defense hold up, that's a whole other question. But I think Hurts is going to do his part offensively for that team. All right, dude. I got one more for you here. All right. Howie Vision. I talked to Tone about this with his snow globe thing and all this. And how do you think your boy's done? I think I think he's done all right. I, I think he's done all right. But I, I, I'm waiting for the big one. Like, I think there's a big move. I think he's got a big plan. It could be the draft. It could be Bajan Robinson. There's, there's going to be, I believe, one big impactful move. Derek that'll Henry. That'll make everything fit. 
I, if they wouldn't have, if they wouldn't have, signed you know, you free uh, 10 Kenny. million up. It's just the perfect number. Listen, for- <laughs> Derek, Derek hey, Henry, I, I, Derek Henry's a monster. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I look, I think, I think that you need to address the offense. Like they really haven't addressed the offense. You know, they, they got Rashad Penny and you know, he, he has talent, but he's hurt all the time. You all can't time. possibly tell me that you're going to trust him as your back for the year. Five years I think average date games. See, this, and this is why I think that there there could be a chance with Bajan. And two, get this, he's like, averaged eight games and f- two starts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy's when he plays good, but you can't possibly count on him for for a, a what you call right for a whole year. So I think there's another shoe to drop, and I think it's going to be on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think they're patching the holes. They're putting a lot of bridge safety, you know, bridge linebacker. I think they're getting guys to get through the year. And I really think that you're going to see a move and it's going to be an offensive move that's going to take this offense to the next level. And maybe it's Robinson. Maybe it's a, 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 another wire, a slot wire receiver. I don't know. But I feel like there's there's something how he's holding back on us, man. I believe something's brewing. Something's coming. How about well, that? I, wanna, I do want to tell you this, having – and you know my relationship with the Cowboys. They want B. John Robinson – or they want Derrick Henry. Well, they can't have either. <laughs> they can't have either. Dude, I, Cowboys have had a good offseason. Yeah, I, I think. I think no, they, they, hey, listen, I know you're throwing up in your mask right now. <laughs> I think, I, no, I think they've gotten better. I, I, I do. I mean, I, I thought that Stephon Gilmore is a good signing. You know, they, they got they got uh, Cooks as a yeah, wide receiver. And restructured so, his deal. Right. So I, I think they have. I, I just still don't think they're they're ready for us yet. But I, I do. I think I I think listen, I, I think Bajan Robinson is the play here. It just it just makes too much sense to me on too many levels. The question that I have about it is can you pull it off by trading the second first round pick? Like let's say you at ten and somehow Jalen Carter falls to you. Then you take that 30th pick, you take that extra second round pick next year, take another pick, and you try to go up and snag them then. If they could pull that off, something like that, then then they're set. I, I would love it. You know, that's See, what that's, I'm waiting for. That, that's my play. I might even move out of the first round at 10 to mm-hmm. pick up either a one next year or twos, threes this year because they only have six picks. And with mm-hmm. that, you get a quality pick and a and a pick that fits down there at 30 an edge rusher a defensive tackle and then you you plug holes with twos threes and then you've got multiple picks you've got eight nine picks instead of six and you're younger right you get younger and cheaper and potentially better like like the kid miles murphy and say they take him at 10 watch this man so you take him at 10 then you got Josh Sweat on the other side, mm-hmm. and you're praying Jordan Davis play. Look at what you're set up with the next ten years in youth there. If that thing right. all pans out, right? I know, I know that. That's what I'm saying. They how he's got to get creative because I think if he plays this right, I think he could come out with two impact guys right away, and that that would be huge. I really wonder what's going to happen with Jalen Carter, like. Is he going to actually possibly fall to 10? Could that actually happen? Because to me, if he falls to 10, you've got to take him. him. Yeah, you've got to take him. Even if he gets to like eight, 
I, I might have to trade up. Philly, because he's, just he's the second best player in the draft. Yeah, yeah. And it's a need for you. It's a Hey, by the way, you think Fletcher has a good year without Javon Hardgrave next to him? I think he'll. I think he'll have. I think it'll be similar to the last few years. I think his production will slightly dip, you know. Um, but I still think he'll he'll be there. He'll be effective to to whatever level. The question is really Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis has to show us something this year. You can't have a 13th pick overall pick. You can't have him come out and do nothing. He's got to improve. He's got to come in better conditioned. He's got to. He's got to be on the field, man. He's got to make an impact. Type in Philly 500, watch his podcast. He's got a ton of people that watch it. And people here, I know this. They always go, you see what Philly said, man? Hey, Silio, (laughs) you're stealing shit from him. He loves Bijan. (laughs) And I'm like, hey, man, you're right. He did say Bijan first. I I go, hey, so you you, you borrow from a friend. Absolutely, man. And you were right. A lot of people love the kid, man. They think he's the – Third or fifth best player. You've been nails on this guy, man. And if you watch him on tape, he's got a little Reggie Bush to him. Yeah, I I, I love the kid. I think he's going to be a great player. I, I like this other guy. I like Gibbs, too. I mean, there's other options. But I just look at it and I say, man, I could just really – I could take this offense to another level with him on this team. Behind that offensive line with those – like, I could take it to another level. And this will help mitigate some of my losses on defense. And I think I can still stay competitive and win. Look at this. William down here goes, man, damn, how we should talk to these two gumbas. (laughs) (laughs) Pasta Vazor for everyone. Philly, thank you, brother. I appreciate you always finding time. Love you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. That's my boy. Please make sure you type in Philly 500. Go watch his podcast. Big Seal's got to take a timeout. Please hit the like button. I've ranked the top 30. Philadelphia Eagles, I want to do that at the top of the hour. The top 30 Eagles currently on the 22. The starting 22 I've ranked. I want to hit on that. We're going to do that at the top of the hour. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Wild, wild, wild. 
My name is uh, Fran Salerno. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. National football show. A lot of fun at the top. I'm going to rank the Eagle 22. As we sit on March 24th, I'm going to rank to 22. We'll do that at the top. Here are the top five quarterbacks in the NFC as we talk now. Top five quarterbacks in the NFC. So to kind of what Philly 500 is talking about here. Okay. And this is based off of last year's production. Five, I got Geno Smith. Listen to the names. I got Geno Smith five. I got Kyler Murray, four. I got Dak Prescott, three. Kurt Cousins, two. And Jalen Hurts, one. Would you guys put anybody else in that top five? Would you put Stafford ahead of any one of those guys? Who else? Who else would you put in that top five list? You can move them around any way you want. I think except for one. This is based off of last year. Coming into the 2023 season. I'm not doing career accomplishment lists here. This is... Would you put... You would put golf in there? Hertz, Cousins, Dak, Murphy, or excuse me, Murray, and Smith. Would you do you think Jared Goff belongs in the top five quarterbacks in the NFC? Garoppolo is in the AFC. In case you're keeping score there, JM. He's in the AFC now. He plays with the Raiders. Okay. You think Max you'd put would you would would you take Jared Goff over Geno Smith? 
Pretty close. Maybe tie. My point is this. And again, not shade on Jalen. Because to me, Jalen outplayed Aaron last year. And I think Aaron's going to the Jets until that nightmare gets taken out again. Okay. For me, I mean, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Geno Smith. Can I tell you something about the NFC? I don't know if you guys agree with this or not. The AFC is all first-round guys that were projected to be spectacular players. The NFC quarterbacks, these guys are all overachievers. They're all overachievers. Watch Kirk Cousins. What was he, fourth or fifth round? Jalen, second round. Dak, fourth round. Geno Smith, journeyman. Kyler Murray was a first rounder, I get it. But the majority of the quarterbacks that are in the NFC are all overachievers. They weren't projected as start frontline starters. Nobody saw Dak. Nobody saw Jalen. Nobody saw Geno Smith. Nobody saw any of these guys. They were it, – it, it, it's like – Jared, okay, look. Okay, golf and Murray. The rest of them, it's, it's the conference of overachievers. The three best quarterbacks in the NFC are Hurts, Cousins, and Dak. All guys not drafted in the first round. You go to the AFC – First round, Mahomes. First round, Burrow. First round, Allen. First round, Lawrence. And you go down that list, uh, just, Justin Herbert, first round. Every, every freaking one of those guys, okay, are all guys that people were projecting as superstar players. The NFC is like the land of overachievers. It's not a bad thing. It's an observation. Okay? It's not a bad thing. I'm not, hey, Joe Montana was a third rounder, and Tom Brady, okay, was a sixth rounder. So between those two dudes, they got 11 Super Bowls. (laughs) It's not a rip, it's an observation again. Okay. Tug of Viola, first rounder. All them dudes in the AFC, man. Shit, stupid ass Zach Wilson. All first round dudes. Right? You go to the NFC. Maybe that's why we look at the NFC and we go, these guys were nobodies. Well, that's not fair. Well, they were nobodies in the draft. Jalen Hurts wasn't drafted to be the starting quarterback in Philadelphia. No matter what the Philly media wants to try to tell you, he wasn't. Dak was never drafted to be a starter in Dallas. Jerry loved his uh, love child, Tony Romo. He was, those guys were never drafted to be them dudes. They were never Hertz deserves to be in the conversation with the AFC guys. 
No, he doesn't. He's a different player. Um, no, he deserves to be in the conversation as a leader of his football team the same way you would. He, he's an equal to Patrick Mahomes in how the team sees him and the organization sees him the same way Mahomes. Just completely different skill sets. And that's a thing that I'm still having to work with. It's not a you thing. It's a me thing. Because when I watch him play, there's, there's, it's not the wow factor that I see with some of these guys in the AFC. It's just not. But he gets it done. He does. And he's, a, he's becoming a fabulous player. One year doesn't shake the needle for me. It doesn't. One year in a conference with these guys doesn't shake the needle. He was, watch, one more time, though. It was spectacular in the Super Bowl. All right. I want to rank the top 22 players on the Philadelphia Eagles when we come back out of the timeout. Hit the like button. We'll reset. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit when it comes to the fight against insurance companies large corporations and the healthcare industry injured victims are always the underdog but that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild, and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind, and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Soleno, and I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
number three, appreciate you guys coming aboard on this Friday. Always great news in football. You can't get around it. You just can't. Talking baseball right now, unless it's Shohei Otani. You know, you, you know, you know what the sad thing about the NBA is? You got to talk about the shitty Lakers. Look, outside of Philly. Hey, by the way, I hate to tell this to you guys. Not a chance in hell Embiid wins the MVP, even though he destroyed the guy in Denver. Okay? Even though he destroyed him. Okay? I, I'm just telling you, man. They want that guy to win his third MVP in a row. I don't know. Um, I had a conversation with Doc the other night. Doc goes, man, I don't know. I mean, he, he's, 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 he, came, he came to Philly and he be destroyed him. I don't know. But the noise is covering nationally the Lakers. Okay? The Lakers. Who covers shitty? That team won't even make the play-in game. Wake me up in June, dude. I'll be kind of interested. Okay. I'll be I'll be somewhat interested in in, in June here. Hey, real quick before I get to the top 22 players on the Philadelphia Eagles here. Um, if I were the San Francisco 49ers, I'd beg Tom Brady to come out of retirement. You get Brady on that team, you win the Super Bowl. I begged Tom Brady to do everything I could, bring him. You called Roethlisberger a year ago. Why don't you call Brady? He's retired. They could, he's been released. He's got no obligations. He's a free agent. Ask him one time or even do this. Have him come back week eight, middle of the season. I begged Tom Brady to play one more, even if it's a half a season. You could win the Super. Actually, you don't need Tom Brady until the playoffs. Okay? If I were the 49ers, you put Tom Brady on that team, you'll win the Super Bowl. You'll win the Super Bowl. And he could ride out, waving like he wants, in his hometown team, where he grew up in Moraga, Bay Area kid, on the team that is idle, play football with Joe Montana. And you could be put in the lore of having taken three different teams to Super Bowl titles. You want to know what that would be on your resume? It's not so much that you would have eight Super Bowls. It's the fact that you would have three different teams that you led to Super Bowls. Brady's not property. He was a free agent. They have no, he's a free agent. Brady to the Niners. I beg that if I'm John Lynch, I get on an airplane and go, you don't have to play the full season. We'll put you on week 14. Stay in shape. Why not? Why not? Who would you feel more comfortable going to the Super Bowl with? Tom Brady? Or Brock Purdy, or going into a championship game with that team and Tom Brady, you have no chance of beating them. Brady on that Niner team would be stupid. 
Man. <laughs> uh, right? Hey, Niners. So this is what you do. You do this. You're on the bat phone, Tom. This is Commissioner Gordon slash John Lynch. Um, week 10, can you make it? Let me see here. By the way, isn't it weird that he took the year off from broadcasting? Well, they just throw that as a coincidence in there. Don't you think that's weird? How many guys do you know have a $375 million broadcasting deal that's going to start for you next year? <laughs> hey, Fox has that thing. Brady, I'm just wondering, you think he set that up? You think he set that up where he still could come back halfway through a season? It's say a team needs a quarterback. Tom, here's $10 million. Oh, you're right, Brian. That probably wouldn't help Brady on that Niner team. You're right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brady on that Niner team with Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey. That defense. Yeah, you're right. Kittle, you're right. Probably. And probably get, hey, you get Gronk out of retirement. Get, get Gronk out of retirement. Two tight ends set with Kittle and Gronk. Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Tom Brady in San Francisco. And, and people go, Sills, that can't happen. Why? They called Roethlisberger. 49ers had a conversation with Roethlisberger potentially coming out of retirement to play in San Francisco last year. Look it up. It's true. <laughs> Why not Brady. He has no obligation. Or Brady to Miami. I'm just wondering, why haven't you started your broadcasting career this fall? Good luck with that. Damn right. it's I, You don't need luck with that. Sorry, Brian. Brady on that Niner team? <laughs> the Eagles aren't close. Not with that raggedy tag-ass defense you got. Good night. Boy, that would hit. Man, that'd be a dagger, wouldn't it? Brady comes out of retirement, plays for the Niners. They beat them, mate. They and, and then it's Niners versus Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I don't think Cam brings anything. I'd like Cam to I I I would like Cam in Baltimore. I like I would like Cam in Baltimore behind um, Lamar if Lamar stays there. To me, if I'm the Baltimore Ravens, I don't know. I'm DaCosta and I'm Ozzie Newsom, and if there's something there, well, dude, they got that tie, they get that um, that backup kid. Snoop is good, man. I love that kid, Tyler Hundley. Man, I like him. I like him. And Kyle Whittingham, who's my guy, who we have on the program, was a head coach of Utah. Said, I've never met a more competitive guy in my life than Snoop. Snoop Huntley, man, could play. I like that kid, man. He's a good football player. I hope he gets a chance one day. I like him. I think he's a good football dude, man. I really do. All right.
I'm going to rank the top 22 Philadelphia Eagles off their depth chart. Okay? I'm going to start from 22 up. Here we go. To the best player on this team. 22. Jail. No. <laughs> Nicholas Morrow. Linebacker. Number 21. Quez Watkins, wide receiver. Number 20, right guard, Cam Jurgens. Number 19, Nicobe Dean. Number 18, Kayvon Wallace. Number 17, Reed Blankenship. Number 16, Boston Scott. Number 15, Jordan Davis. Number 14. Josh Sweat. Ranking the top. 22. Number 13. Brandon Graham. Number 12, Landon Dickerson. Number 11, Fletcher Cox. Number 10, Jordan Mulata. Number nine, Darius Old Man Slay. Number eight, Hassan Riddick. Number seven, Devontae Smith. Tampa was essentially the Niners, elite pass catchers and decent running back. Hell of a difference. Brady stunk it. Whatever. Dude, 49ers are a better roster than you. You got a better quarterback. That's it. Get over it. Your defense blows as of now. (laughs) Five starters and a new system and five new coaches. Good luck. We'll see. 
almost the they upgraded on the 49er defense. They held you to 230 yards of total offense. Don't make it sound like the Niners suck. They don't. Number six. Dallas Goddard. Man, I love that kid. Now we have the five best Philadelphia Eagles off their starting 22. Number five. Tell me if you think these top five guys, you think this is the right order. James Bradbury, cornerback. Number four, Jalen Hurts, quarterback. Number three, A.J. Brown, wide receiver. You think Hurts is better than A.J.? His position, you mean, is more valuable than A.J. He ain't a better player than that guy. You ranked him. I, I guarantee you that he ain't better. The position is more important. AJ is one of the top three guys in the league. Jalen's not one of the top three guys in the in, in the sport in, in in the league. Top ten for sure. Jason Kelsey, number two. And the number one player on the Philadelphia Eagles is Lane Johnson. Lane's the best player on that team. Lane's the best player on that football team. Okay? He is the best. The, the two old, get this, the two old linemen are the best players on your football team. That's why you got to look, when you're looking at putting these 22 on what the Eagles put a preface on, it's O-line, man. Your two best players on your football team are offensive linemen. That's what the Eagles are. That organization is not built with wideouts, quarterbacks, never had a fourth down. Get this. That organization in the history of the Eagles have never had a 4,000 passing guy, a 100-catch guy, when it comes to wide receivers. They don't put an emphasis on the running game. Or running back, I should say. It's old linemen. So Vet doesn't think Brady will make a difference playing in San Francisco versus Christian McCaffrey or Brock Purdy. Vet, you can't mean that. You can't mean that. You can't mean that Brady would not be an upgrade to what they had at quarterback last year. That is preposterous. As a matter of fact, Vet, let's take a look at Brady's numbers a year ago. For shits and giggles. Brady, Brady stunk it up last year. Tom Brady stats. You don't think his four old linemen out of the five guys Okay, um, you, you you don't really think that – seriously. So, personally, you think that Tom Brady a year ago, having four of his five old linemen out, didn't play a factor. So, Tom Brady last year threw for 4,694 yards and 25 touchdowns, more than your boy did. 
and was 66.8 completion percentage. Are you really? That's a bad season. Brady led the NFL in attempts, completions, with 490. Do you understand that Jalen Hurts threw the ball 435 times? This guy had more completions than Jalen had attempts, but he sucked, according to you, Vet. Threw for 4694, basically 4,700 yards. 25 touchdowns, nine picks. He had just as many picks as Jalen and more touchdown passes. But according to you, he had a bad year. 4,700 passing yards, 67 completion percentage, more touchdowns, same interceptions, and you think he sucked. Solid. That's a solid take, dude. Brock Purdy would be better than Brady. <laughs> what a bad year. <laughs> That's Jalen's high. He, you hope Jalen Hurts has that kind of year. 4,700 passing yards, 25 TDs and nine picks, and 67 completion percentage. Wait, that was the year. Oh, wait, it was 3,700. He threw for 1,000 less. Well, he threw the ball more. He had to. They had no running game and no O-line. What do you think Brady would have done on that page, on that Eagle team? Probably wouldn't have been an upgrade, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're right. Brady on the Eagles would not have been an upgrade. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, do rushing touchdowns count? Sure they do. They sure do, man. That's why he got hurt. They sure do count. Hurts is better than Brady. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like the LOL. One year he plays de- he plays really well. Jalen has that one really good year, but I know, Hoss. It's kidding. Okay. It's all good, man. It's all good. I hope Brady has the career Jimmy Garoppolo did. (laughs) Hey, I don't want to end a week like that, man. I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. Hey, I play. I pray. Hey, do you think Jalen will have a better career than Cam Newton? You think I have a better career than Cam? Let's take a look at Cam. You think Jalen will have a better career than Cam? Cam Newton stats. Let's see here. 6'5, 255. Holy shit. So Cam's record is 75 and 68 as a starter. He's thrown for 33,000 yards. 194 touchdowns and 123. Oh, since you're adding rushing, let's see what he did running the ball. Cam's got 5,628 
rushing yards and 75 touchdowns. So on top of the passing touchdowns, since you're using Jalen's um, benchmark here, uh, 200 touchdown passes plus 75 rushing, that's almost 300 touchdowns he's had in his career. You think Jalen has a better career than Cam? Cam was an MVP. Cam got team to a Super Bowl. Let's see, Cam had 12 and 4, 15 and 1. Ooh. 11 and 5, 9 and 7, 6 and 8. Here, here's another one. You think Jalen has a better career than Michael Vick? Michael Vick stats. Let's see Vick's third year. Hmm. How many? How about the rushing? You think that Jalen has a better career than Vic? I think he does. I think he has a better career. Those aren't impressive stats. He was electric, though, man. Man, why do I look at why do I look at Michael Vick's stats and they're awfully not impressive? I mean, they're not impressive stats. There's nowhere. 54 completion percentage, 56, 55, 52. 3,000 yards twice in his career. Constantly banged up. Plus, he missed the season, obviously, due to conduct. If you look at the numbers, Vic's not impressive. These are not impressive numbers for a dual-threat guy. I would say this to you. Watch this. I would say that Jalen Hurts has already had a better year than any year Vic's ever had. That's shocking. I'm just looking at it. Brady Yard, dude, vet, you can whatever say you want. You take Jalen Hurts, I'll take Tom Brady. Go ahead, vet. There wasn't a statistic last year. Passing-wise, that Jalen was in a conversation with Brady. Nothing. Except they equaled interceptions. Maybe a tick up on the completion percentage. Whatever, dude. But but this is, a, this is pretty cool. But again, Michael Vick missed a lot of football because of injuries. Because of dual threat. Vick was, man, how, how come? You know what's funny? How come when I watched Michael Vick play, I felt that when I watch Michael Vick, I'm like, man, I'm watching something absolutely crazy. And then, like, you look at his numbers, you're like, <clears throat> wow. Dan, what do you think the defense will rank with this current defense and which position struggles the most? Great question. Great question, Eagle Way. For me, I think the Eagle – Rush defense is going to – it struggled last year, and now you're even weaker 
Do you understand? I'm going to show you a picture of the Eagle defense right now. I'm going to show you guys a picture of it. This is your defense. Do you see this? And you see that sidewalk up the middle of your field, up the middle of your defense? Fat, take him. I'll always take Brady over your guy. You're trying to compare Mike. You're trying to compare Tom Brady to that dude. Forget it. We'll agree to disagree. Keep him. I will take Tom Brady in a 60-minute football game. If everything is equal, he's on the Niners and you're on the Eagles, I'll take Brady. We'll agree to disagree, guy. By the way, the last time I saw Brady versus the Eagles, he destroyed you. This is the defense. Okay? This is the defense of the Eagles right now. You see the middle of that field? You see that? You've lost every single guy up the middle of your defense. We need Robinson. No more questions. <laughs> What's up? Marshall, thank you. Okay? Getting pissed. I never get pissed, Sue. For what? Sports. Only, only some of those losers get pissed off. It's sports talk. I don't get pissed unless my daughter spends a lot of money. That's the only time I get pissed. I don't get pissed at sports talk. Got me wrong. I care more about more things than that. Getting pissed at sports talk. Got me confused. So my question is, how do you fill the middle of that? That's run defense. You're limited at tackle. You're limited at linebacker. And your safeties are a massive question mark. Okay? Massive. So I think the number one thing that they have to do is go back to the nuts and bolts of this. You've got to go back, and the first thing you have to do is stop the run. And I'll say this to you. The question mark will be, now here, who benefited more last year? Fletcher's play when they got more help for him? Or was it Hardgrave? Well, Fletcher has lost three dudes. Three dudes. Linville Joseph, the Dominicatsu, and Javon Hardgrave. And you're relying on an overdrafted guy. <clears throat> they got some work to do. Love to have Bobby Wagner in the middle of that defense. My opinion, if you were able to, hey, you know that 10 million that you that you freed up? Boy, love to put Wagner in the middle of that thing, but you got to use that money in the draft. That's why they got that $10 million. The $10 million is not for Jalen Hurts, okay? The $10 million is not for Hurts. The $10 million is for the draft picks. But, boy, I'd like to have some veteran leadership because that's – you know, I'm wondering if Howie's looking at that and going like this. He doesn't have it. Do you know that I'd be more willing to believe how – if Howie Roseman – was sitting in here today, and he goes, Sills Wagner, man, 
I just don't think he's worth the investment because you know why? We got to spend our money wisely here on this side of the ball here. We got we got multiple positions to fill. That's why, again, here, was, was w- the loss of Javon Hardgrave was insane and hurtful. But was Howie wrong? No. Howie wasn't wrong. Can't spend that much money because why? Multiple positions have to be filled. You know, a lot of people, and I hear them even on our network, this was expected. Don't you understand? This is why they've made no free agent like colossal signing, and they've all been dime, they've all been dollar store signs because they have to spread the money around right. You got to draft guys. That's again, they freed that 10 million up for a reason. They've they freed that money up for the draft. And maybe a free agent sign. Because right now, well, it's not fair to say that because a free agent sign, personally, I think the Fletcher Cox deal, given that a grade, I don't know. You overpaid him. I don't care what anybody says. That dude's not a $10 million guy. He would never have gotten it on the open market. You overpaid him, but you had to. Because Davis didn't step up and hasn't shown you promise yet. That's why you paid him 10. Because Fletcher is your best ET. Those are the reality facts, friends. Those are the reality. They don't feel comfortable that Jordan Davis showed him enough. That's why Cox is back at 10 million. Niners, um, Marcus goes, Sills, what do you think of Zeke wanting to play in Philly? Well, do you think Zeke Elliott could play? How many carries do you think Zeke Elliott could carry right now for the Eagles? He might be pretty good behind that O-line. It'd be an upgrade for him, what he had in Dallas. You know, as much as Skip Bayless keeps... You know, taking a knee to Jerry Jones saying that, you know, he used to go on his show all the time saying that he believed that the Cowboy O-line was just as good as the Eagle O-line. I'm like, man, you don't watch Eagle football because that's not true. And that's not remotely close. Could he get another thousand? Here, here's the question, though. Do you think Zeke Elliott has 250 carries in him? You think Zeke could give you 250? Penny can't because he's never. I mean, think about it. Like I said, don't rely on Rashad Penny. He averages two starts a year in five years. Two starts he averages. This guy, you watch him play. He averages two starts and he's a first rounder. Is that good? Shit, Miles Sanders was better or more reliable. Right? That's not an opinion. That's who he is. Once you get a litmus test on a player and you see and you go like this, well, who's Rashad Penny? Well, he's never healthy and he can't beat the guy out that's in front of him. He could never beat the guy out in front of him. 
due to injuries or what? Seals, when you watched him play, what'd you think? There were stretches where he was really productive. But at the end of the day, he averages two starts. I don't know. What do you think of that? How about this? I'd turn it back on you. What do you think of a running back who's drafted in the first round and averages two starts a year? I don't know. I don't want no X. Oh, come on, Marshall. X Cowboys. Who gives a shit about that stuff? Who cares about that? Guy can help your football team. Put him on your team and win. You think the Eagles and Cowboys cared when they when they changed draft positions and one got Devontae Smith and the other one got Michael Parsons? Where was that so-called rivalry there? Nobody cared. They made a business deal together. If they can make a business deal together, you could put Zeke Elliott on your roster. You got Lane Johnson politicianing for him. Lane sends out a um, he sends out a tweet. Okay, he sends out a tweet saying Zeke got eyeballs on it. Did the Eagles overpay for Hassan Reddick last year? Forty-five million. Um, they got sixteen sacks. Sure. Okay. $15 million a year for an edge rusher? No, probably not. Probably not. Again, though, he's a one-dimensional dude. That's all I'm saying. But he wasn't brought into Philadelphia. He was not brought into Philly to do all those other things. So they did. He was a value guy. Tone says, fandom and rivalry aside, history says former Cowboys don't pan out in Philly. Dude, that that Orlando Scandrick deal, man. I hate that guy when he opens his mouth about Philadelphia. You know, I'm not even a Philly fan when or the an Eagle fan. And I hate every time he opens his face and talks shit on a place he had more success than in. I I I seriously, every time he opens his mouth, I'm like this. I'm I, and it's funny. I sit here and I talk shit sometimes, right? But when that guy opens his mouth, I'm like this. Bro, are you kidding me? You were in a winning environment. Dallas is not a winning environment. Dallas is not. You go to Dallas to be a TV star, not a football player. Dude, you know, the Cowboy guys, I mean, look, people go from Philly to Dallas. They don't go from Dallas to Philly. You know why? Because you're expected to play when you go to the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are a they're a lunch pail team. The Cowboys are a Sunset Boulevard and Madison Avenue team. They don't give a shit about winning. They care about TV ratings. You think Jerry Jones gives a shit about winning a Super Bowl? I think Jerry Jones cares about market value of his franchise going up every year. Isn't it funny? Jerry's won like three or four playoff games in the last nearly 30 years. But his value of his team has gone up from $154 million to $10 billion. Do you think he's won? <laughs> I mean, right? Think about this for a minute. If you're Jerry Jones, what would you rather have? Another Super Bowl or your team go up tenfold? As we say on the stock, I don't know if you guys know, I worked on Wall Street at Bear Stearns as a broker and commodities exchange guy. After my first job, after I stopped playing, I was a stockbroker for Bear Stearns. 
I worked in uh, mergers and acquisitions, Sarah Lee, waste management, all that stuff. I got my series seven. You, and so when you say fold, <clears throat> you tell me, do you actually truly believe that Jerry gives a shit about winning another Super Bowl? Or do you think the fact that his team went from $154 million to $10 billion? What do you think he wants? <laughs> right? I mean, hey, he hasn't won a playoff game. His team's worth $10 billion today. $10 billion. Jerry needs to sell the team? Why? <laughs> Why? Since 1989, he's raised the value of that team tenfold. What are you talking about? He's the He is the best businessman in the history of the NFL. Al Davis. Al Davis is the best football executive businessman in the history of the sport. Jerry's the greatest businessman, though. You kid yourself. All right, I got to take a timeout. I got to tell you, man, free agency. So next week is the owners' meetings. And I'm wondering what the next move's going to be for the Eagles here. God, can you imagine Derrick Henry? You know, he did he did free up 10 million. Henry probably gonna command something around there. 10 million. Would you give the 30th pickup for Derrick Henry? Would you give the 30th pickup for Derrick Henry? Tennessee ain't making another move. <laughs> hey, 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 Tone. Tennessee ain't making another move with Howie Roseman. <laughs> By the way, there's two phone numbers. Do you know how Aaron Rodgers told Adam Schefter to lose my number? Mickey Loomis in New Orleans and Mike Vrabel in Tennessee told Howie Roseman, lose our numbers. <laughs> Hit the like button. <laughs> <laughs> Tone goes, for some reason, how we can't get through to those two places to have the number blocked. <laughs> Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa & Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Heading down the shore. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. 
Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore, all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. My name is uh, Fran Solano. I'm a managing director here at DelVal Insurance Group. Been in the business for over 36 years, saving people money on their insurance needs. Give us a call. Let us help you custom design an insurance plan that meets both your needs and budget. of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. wait to watch the Jets and the Cowboys this year. They're not going to win, but it'll be interesting to watch. You get your popcorn and your beers when you watch those teams. Here's the teams that win. Okay? Here's the teams that you you know win. Eagles, Niners, Seahawks, The Packers have had the advantage of having two quarterbacks for 30 years. That's ending. Think about this, man. You talk about underachieving. You've had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre for 30 years, and you won two Super Bowls. Did they over or underachieve? And here, I'll give you an example. Joe Montana and Steve Young were in San Francisco – for about 24 years. And they won five times. I don't know. <laughs> five to two. I don't know. <laughs> I think the guys in San Francisco got their value. And get this. Not one of them. San Francisco had to give up for a first round. They traded for Young with the Buccaneers. And Montana was a third rounder. So you got five Super Bowls out of two dudes that you didn't have to give up a first or second round to. Like, done. Arthur goes, Jordan Davis started over Jalen Carter. He's not a better player than Jalen Carter. Give a shit what you think. (laughs) And your guy couldn't beat out a 36-year-old Linville Joseph. They had to go to the they had to go to Hagendas to get uh, Dominic Sue and Linville Joseph to soar up your defense. 
Well, he got hurt, Sills. Yeah, well, what happened in the Super Bowl when he got destroyed? <laughs> I mean, we get knocked off the ball playing high, and you only have, what, 10 snaps? He wasn't hurt in the Super Bowl. He got destroyed in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Cowboys, though. I'll be interested to see. Cowboys and Jets. Uh, Joseph, I don't think Jordan Davis is lazy. Okay? Just got to get better. He's not the 13. Hey, as of right now, I hope he turns out to be Vince Wolfark. Would you be okay with that? If he turn, if Jordan Davis turns out, you're hoping he's Fletcher Cox. You're hoping he's the next Fletcher Cox. That's a big state. Fletcher in his day, the two preeminent defensive tackles. Or three, Sue, Donald, and Fletcher were your three dominant DTs. <clears throat> in their time, in their prime, those were the three dudes. You're hoping he turns out to that to be that. You're hoping, but as of right now, to me, he looks more as a Vince Wolfert type dude. He's not trash. I didn't say that. I did not say that. He's not trash. It's not true. Okay? That is not true. Um, Philly goes, absolutely, Wolfirk was great. Okay. Vince Wolfirk wasn't the 13th pick. Okay? That's, again, the point. And... If you remember, I told you this on draft day. I thought it was a good pickup because I thought he'd be more of a player, but I should have believed in what I said when I told you guys. You know, he's not ever been really productive. When he his numbers don't show it in college, the production's not there. Okay. If you're on the practice squad, should you go to the XFL and Canadian League because you're not good enough. No, Eagle Way, what you want to get is reps. The more reps you get, the better you get at it. You ever go bowling or play pool or anything? The more you do it, the better you get. Sitting on your ass, chewing on a cup of ice, is not going to get you better. You don't get better unless you get reps. That's a sport... Why do you think coaches do the same shit over and 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 over? Because they're trying to get you reps. The more reps you get, the better you get at it. And you're hoping by the time you get to the game, it's second nature to you. That's what you're hoping. That's why when you see a guy like Lane, and Lane don't need practice, but you know what he does? Every single time Lane Johnson is in a game or in a practice, he's getting better. What happens with a player like Lane? Howie Long says this all the time, okay? That the more knowledge he had of the sport as he got older, he knew everything. But the unfortunate thing was is that his body fell apart. His body fell apart. Pre-2022 draft last year, what was your take on Jordan Davis? I never said – I thought he was the 22nd player taken – I had him down there. I think, didn't the Eagles have a 22 pick last year? I thought they should have took him there. And I thought they should have took with the earlier picks, the linebacker, 
if I'm not mistaken, did the Eagles have three in the first round last year? Um, because I wanted them to either pick the corner from Washington, Lloyd from Utah. I had Wyatt on the board. I had Jordan Davis around 22. I think the Eagles had the 22nd pick last year. That's where I thought they should have took him. I never said anything. Never thought he was a top five. I thought he put a top five, top 10 combine together. But he wasn't a top 10 player last year for me. Not at all. I I think I said the corner from Washington, uh, McDuffie, Lloyd, and Davis. That's, I think, the three that I wanted. Everyone hated the picks. All, all, two of those guys started, one for the Jags and the other one for the Super Bowl Chiefs. Um, I thought the kid from Washington was going to be good, and he was. Starts for Andy Reid. How he traded – dude, that's why that combine – in my opinion, sometimes that combine, I think you got to be kind of careful with that. Lloyd was my number one pick. Shows how much we know. Dude, I, I, I hey, hey, Tone, I like, like I said, I wanted the kid from, I, I per, first thought the kid from Washington. I was suspect, Tone, because it's a Pac-12 guy. So I was a little bit same thing. I was like, he's not the biggest dude on the planet, you know. But I love the kid Lloyd from Utah, another Pac-12 guy. And I had Davis at around 22, somewhere around there. Not 13. But then he put in that great 478 at 354, and you're like, frick, man. That's crazy. I mean, it, it is. It's crazy great. See, you know what's cool with Jordan Davis, though? Just so you know. But again, you never hear me say the word bus right now. Is that when you got that kind of athletic ability, there's got to be something in there where you can close that gap <clears throat> when you have that much athleticism. And I watched him in the national title game. He was fabulous. I watched him in the SEC title game. He He stunk. I didn't think he was very good in that game. Thought he was out of shape. So, yeah. That D did get destroyed in the Super Bowl. That's why. Um, I, I don't think the defense got destroyed. I think the defense was confused in the second half. And I think your coordinator had a lot to do with that. When they started running those crossing routes and they tried passing, because you know why? They did more blitzing in that game and they did more switching in that game. And Andy saw that and confused them. That's why they were scoring at will in the second half. Mahomes didn't have to. Hey, you know what's crazy? Everyone goes, well, Jalen had more passing yards. Mahomes didn't have to, man. Mahomes had one incompletion. He didn't need to have to throw for 800 yards. You couldn't stop what they were doing. The only reason that the Eagles stopped 
the Chiefs in that second half was because time ran out. You couldn't stop them. <laughs> Look at Batman. Hurts outplayed Mahomes, and yet Mahomes is 2-0 and versus him. Solid take. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> you, you, you don't put into consideration that Andy Reid is also the head coach and the play caller in KC, and he ran the ball for 200 yards against John. Dude, remember this. It was Mahomes and Reed versus Jonathan Gannon. That was never going to be a win. <laughs> that was – it was never going to be a win. Hey, man, these th these last two weeks have been great. It, 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 I, I mean, the Eagles and the NFL are by far the number one storyline each and every single – each and every single week. It's just great. We're getting ready for the draft. Next week, we get, we're starting to get ready, really knee-deep into the draft and what direction they're going to go. I can't tell you how I appreciate you guys so much, man. Thank you again. Make sure you have yourself a great weekend. God bless everybody. We'll see you on Monday. Tone, Xander, Big Joe, thank you guys so much. Till next week, we'll see you on the flip side. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions.
Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.